Fresher Than Your Father podcast. Yeah. That's exciting. It's exciting. I think I might have strained something just then. <laughs> episode 53. I went right. and listened to uh, episode 51, which was oh. what we recorded before the basketball season started. So yeah. that means we've recorded only three episodes, but we've got three over the course of the season. Yeah, but like, like, but those are fresher than your father. So it's like, it's like, uh, it's like cheesecake. You know what I mean? It's so rich. <laughs> you don't really want it. You know what I mean? But it's like ties you over. That's kind of bullshit. I'm trying to, what do you call that? Uh, uh, equivocating? What's the word for that? There's a big nerd word that for when you're trying to make it seem like the bullshit you did wasn't that bad. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily dispute. My silence wasn't in dispute of your comparison. <laughs> it was It was my silence was the, the this is something that many people in find unfortunate including my um girlfriend yeah i hate cheesecake oh right on <laughs> like i hate real cheesecake i hate vegan cheesecake i just never like cheesecake so people yeah. like to talk about cheesecake and i don't have any real relation to it because i haven't had a piece of cheesecake since i was like 12 right on yeah yeah <laughs> hey so so this is uh and, uh, you know, listeners, I don't know if you're hearing any of the madness in the background, but there's children, children bathing in the next room. They get, children have to get clean. They're dirty. It's important. They're filthy creatures. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't understand, like, people who will try to eat vegan or vegetarian versions of food they don't like in the original form. Yeah, I don't either. Like, like I, I wouldn't expect you to like vegan cheesecake. If you didn't like the real cheesecake, because like if you once you're at the point where you're like not going to eat the meat products, basically you're like in take what you can get mode. I'm speaking for you right now, Ian. It's some real <laughs> colonial shit right now. I'm not vegan, but I'm speaking for your dietary experiences. But there were periods in my life where I was, and like you kind of you 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 suck it up, right? Like it's not the same. It's not to say it's bad. It's not to say it's not necessarily worse. It's just different. Is that yeah. fair? I think so. I mean, some of these things has been so long that I don't fully remember what what the original meat product tasted like. Sure. Totally. But yeah, sure. it's it's not the same. No, no, no. it's it's not. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. yeah. Every. And I'm not Is looking there... to get that out of the the veggie burger or the <clears throat> excuse me these various these various food items. I'm I'm I mean I'm looking to get something. I don't know. This is a good question, right? Like, what's an example besides a veggie burger we could give? Like the, um, like, oh, go ahead. Well, I'm going to be honest. When I was in Baltimore the other weekend. Shout um, out. Shout out. <laughs> shout, out. <laughs> shout out cities now like they're homies. I'm I feel sorry, like, go ahead. I feel like just, it's just, it's the, the tone of the expression when we say certain things. It automatically, it's like an instinctual shout out. It is. I don't know why I did that, but I wouldn't shout out. No, I was about to say shout out too, and I paused because I was like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So shout out, but I was at this this brunch spot, and they had the vegan and the non-vegan options. They had the vegan French toast, 
And I'm a little trepidatious with the vegan French toast because I grew up on real French toast and it was one of my favorite food items for a long, long time. And admittedly, I still, this is why I'm not to- totally vegan. Every once in a while, usually by when I'm back in Portland, I might partake in an actual piece of French toast. However, right. I really dislike, this is really going for it, I dislike when the French toast is not made right, when it's too eggy, then it's, I find it disgusting. That's, but when, yes. it's, when it's made right, it's nice. Yes. When I've had vegan French toast in the past, it just doesn't replicate that kind of taste. Mm. So this is this doesn't really go to your point, but I'm just trying to think this through because I had this French this vegan French toast in Baltimore and it was bomb. And they made it with some like coconut oil stuff and they made it with uh I forget what else they used, but it was nice and it tasted like fucking French toast. So I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer so, is on that. I do so, think I do think back to your original point. I'm sorry if I keep interrupting you. Final thing fine. is is I agree with you. If I don't like something in the whatever you want to call it original form, then I have no interest in eating it in the vegan form. Mayonnaise? No. no. Right. Fucking cheesecake? No. Right. <laughs> These kinds right. of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some stuff, you know, like when I was there was that period where I, I I kind of went from from like pork bacon to just meatless bacon. Word. And it was such an insane fall off. It was like, you know what? I'm just not going to eat bacon. Like, I'm done with bacon now. Like, I can't eat this shit and decide, like, yeah, I'm having bacon. Like, I'm okay without bacon. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I know some people will view this as sacrilege. But, you know, some things you're cool without. I don't know. This This is like a whole... This is like a whole rabbit hole, right? Because then I want to ask you, are there ever any items that you've had in vegan form that you feel like are, are better than or housing the non-vegan form? Well, I do think that um, – because like even growing up – and this, this kind of goes to like I feel like the different ways people kind of become vegan or the reasons they become vegan and that kind of thing. And the, yep. the thing is I became vegetarian because – way less about animal rights issues and more about I just I felt kind of nasty the more meat especially when I ate meat products that weren't like prepared that well or were just like lots of fat etc and like oh, yeah. like so and I got I I got hip to so much good vegetarian food I was like why the hell am I eating all this like animal product like I'm just done and mm-hmm. and so I never liked more like like the the breakfast sausages I was never in, and I, I honestly, I never really got into bacon either. I know everyone, my my mom, everyone in my family loves bacon. Sure. Well, my, not my sister because she's vegetarian now too, but but my parents love bacon. They would have bacon all the time growing up. I never really got into eating uh, meat for breakfast, mm-hmm. but as soon as I was introduced to the soy sausage and the soy breakfast patty, bomb, mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. Right on. So I don't know, but I don't know if like if I had not gone vegetarian and then you know I got into my like late twenties or whatever and and got introduced to the non-vegetarian like the real like sausage maybe I would have been into it too I don't know but I always found it like a little too heavy a little too greasy but the soy mm. sausage is just like ah it's nice right so you know I don't know I don't know what the answer is I don't know either but I, I do know this man I've had some ridiculous vegan cakes. Oh, yeah. And I love cake. Oh, yeah. I love cake. And I've had some major vegan cake. But 
And I've had some good vegan cookies. I'm really serious on the cookies. Yeah. This is why I'm chubby. Like, I'm serious on these cookies. But in the homie, I'm not going to say the name of the brand, but the homie came through. Uh, uh, the homie E, shout out, came through with these vegan cookies, and they were awful. They were, like, making my throat sting. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't know what's it. Do you know what that is? That like a thing? I don't know, but I've 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 had the, the vegan cookies that are awful, and like you just like just a complete failure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had the yeah. homemade vegan cookies. Cats are passing them around the fucking party, and they're just yeah. unedible. They're like they're like some form of like cardboard mixed with like, uh, yeah. It was like people added things that tasted bad to the cookie. Yeah. I don't understand what was happening. So there's definitely a lot of failures, but when they do it right, it's nice. Yeah. Well, this this was like a – so the homie has – he's got this incredible job, right, where – I don't know if he'd tell you. I, I'm sure he likes his job, just in case his employers listen. But like he has this job where he goes around and, like, markets these various health food or vegan-type like products to – not all of them are vegan, but health products to, like, Whole Foods and stores like that. Uh-huh. So it's like a distributor kind of like. So, you know, he tries out these foods and sometimes he'll let you sample them and ask for your feedback. So when he goes to like Whole Foods, he can say, yeah, you know, I've heard XXX from people who tried it. This is why you should stock this. Right. And uh, so this is like a product packaged, well packaged, like we're selling it. Several people have eaten this along the way, said it was good. We're making them in mass quantities. Unless I just got a bad batch. I don't know who the fuck is eating these cookies, man. Wow. But they, they were out. And some, I mean, he's put us on to some real major shit. Like, real major shit. Like, the, what do you know about the cashew Alfredo sauce? I don't. See how, see how far I steered us away from the fact that we haven't done any fresh with your brothers in months. <laughs> 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 it's because we've been out here doing these other things, taking care of business on other levels. Several know? levels. At least four levels. At least. At least. So wait, so when you went back and listened to 51, this was like our, our predictions? Yeah. Wow. What did we predict? I wanted, Yeah, I wanted to see what we predicted. We weren't too far off. Yeah. Um, I mean, we predicted... You want to know who you predicted to win it all? And we haven't even gotten to win it all, but but we can throw it. Maybe we can, you know, analyze and edit our predictions here. You you were calling the Bulls to win it all. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. You said Bulls, Cavs at the East, and the Bulls come out, and then they beat. I believe you were calling the Clippers to take take the West. Wow. Wow. I, I I don't know if it's my Cleveland paranoia, but I'm still really terrified of the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you pick? I picked Golden State. Damn, you were right. Well, we don't know that yet. You're, you're, yeah, that's true. It appears, by all appearances. I, man, I watched the fucking Golden State Blazer game several nights ago. Yeah, which was close and fun, but ultimately Blazers lost. Curry, man. Yes, it's like like Lillard has that ice cold like when he hits the three or hits the the shot, you know, right? And, and near the end of the game or at the end of the game, it's ice cold. But there's a 
he knows how to play it too. Like he knows how to like be like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, like it's over. Like you just got done, right? Which is great. I love it. I love Lillard. Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Curry, it's like he's still in fucking college. He just runs up the court and kind of nonchalantly throws the the three up there as if it's just nothing. As if just like a fucking I don't know. And but, it goes know, in, and then he just kind of like it's just kind of like yeah. And he runs around all giddy. <laughs> yeah. But but what's so ill about it is it's so fast that when he does it, yeah, like you're not stopping that. No, you're no, not no. stopping it. And I think that's what makes it look like he's just throwing it up there because he does it so fast. Cats, I, like, I, like you know, we watch a lot of these basketball games. We've seen a lot of great cats, like a lot of great three point shooters. Yep. Right. Never seen anybody like him. No, nah, man. No, nah, no, nah. no. Nah. And then when he gets rolling, like the way that I don't know, it's like it's a show. Like it's, it's a- it, yeah, it's 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 tremendous. Not to mention that, like, if he wasn't on that team or in the league, uh, who's his buddy's name? Why am I forgetting his name? Clay Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson is ridiculous unto himself, but. Sure. You just kind of forget him about him. I know you don't forget about him, but you know what I mean. Like Curry is so ridiculous, so ridiculous, insane, insane. Yeah. And and you know I'm a, a Cavs fan, so love love Kyrie, love Kyrie. And like on the surface, so much of their games are similar, uh-huh. right? But like I'm trying to think of like the analogy. This may be a little too far out there, but it's like. It's like a, uh, it's like Kyrie is Billy Joel, and Steph Curry is Elton John. Like on the surface, they do the same things, right? They sing, they play piano. You know what I mean? They're yeah. stars. Yeah, yeah. But who's selling out stadiums, baseball stadiums, yeah. five nights this, in a row? Billy Joel's doing major things, but he ain't Elton John. <laughs> Wow. Like nobody's nobody's fronting on Billy Joel. Billy Joel's doing great, but he ain't Elton John. So I, it's another level, and even I can't even front on it. And I, I was watching uh, just the other night, uh, last night actually, over the last few days, I was watching that Spurs Cavs game. I just had it saved on the DVR, the one that went to overtime. Yeah, and the Cavs were down by six with like thirty three seconds left, and. They still managed to win that game. And, you know, Kawhi missed a couple of free throws at the end. Like, that's really why. But the things Kyrie was doing was just insane. But it didn't have that little sprinkle of Steph Curry magic that he has. I don't know. I don't know. They look major. They're deep. So I, I, I can imagine this is a tough topic. The Blazers are doing well. <laughs> we could cut this short. I feel bad. I feel can, can bad. I, can I just admit that you 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 messed you messed up my head with that Elton John Billy Joel thing? Because I was just like I was like he's going with Billy Joel somehow. When you set it up, I was like Billy Joel, but I don't really like either of those dudes' music. So I mean, right. Elton John is definitely the better musician. Like I, I can't stand Billy Joel, even though he makes catchy tunes. 
Like that's the thing. At a certain point, it was like I can't stand this dude, but he's fucking selling out fucking Shea Stadium five nights in a row. How the fuck? Like, who is this guy? But it, but he, but Elton John is uh, yeah yeah. I know what you mean. Look, I'm. Uh, do you were, I mean, you were right. You were it's a good good comparison, but I'm just I'm still I'm still like messed up. Because <laughs> at its base, you don't enjoy those dudes, but you know we enjoy cats that can play basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of like the most, like I've consistently enjoyed like watching any time I've watched Steph Curry play since college. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to think of someone who I enjoyed that much watching play. I mean, LeBron comes to mind for sure. But as far as guards, I feel yeah. like consistently enjoyed watching them play. It's been since Iverson, in my opinion. Oh, sure. I think. I mean, I love watching Nash play, but like, I'm trying to think of other guards that I really loved. Like, I was I excited to watch play every game. He's like he's like Nash, but on ten. Like it took yeah. it took it took me a while to realize how great like like great with a capital G of a shooter. That yeah, yeah, match. yeah, and like in the playoffs, you would like, especially when he played against the Spurs, because I'm always rooting so hard for the Spurs. It just seemed like he never hit a shot that really mattered, like, never missed a shot that mattered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, all the dribbling, the passing, the way he orchestrated the offense and everything. But I, I don't do, I was watching uh, uh, on TV, these cats were gushing, like, just gushing about Steph Curry. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I, I, don't, and I, I didn't mean with my comparison to compare the game of Iverson to Curry. I'm just talking about like, I, I was always excited to watch Iverson play until kind of the downslope of his career. Like, yeah, that was tough. Like, which was very tough. So I know it kind of taints the, it taints the yeah. memory a bit. But like, Maybe just because I was living in Philly back whenever that was, but like, oh, just sure. I don't know the excitement. Like, like they're just doing things all the time, and Curry is just fucking—he's just fucking amazing. Anyway, it, and it's weird to see a smaller player bend the court like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's why. You, we, yeah, we're used to seeing big dudes, yeah, or even like wing players who their talent and their physical skills just kind of warp the court. Yeah, but when a little dude does it, it's like crazy because. Dame Lillard is great, but he's not warping the. He's not changing no. the way everybody's approaching the game. No, yeah. It, even Kyrie doesn't quite do that, but Steph um, does. All right, so Blazers. I, I I kind of was able to push that topic off for a moment, but let's let's be real. Blazers are, you know, I'm rooting for them. Sure. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Um. But shout out to Littlewood for uh, hooking up, or actually, you know, shout out to his connect for hooking up. Uh, we were four rows back from front row. That's fantastic. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. VIP section, VIP treatment, the all-you-can-eat uh, catered like area. Yeah. bug out, man. So... So you watched the, the the Blazers and the Nets. wasn't the best game for the Blazers. But like, I, what I'm really starting to geek off of when I go to these games is just like you see little things that you don't get to see on TV. 
is there anything you notice being that close up or anything about any player that struck you like, whoa, that cat is nice that I didn't realize or that cat is whack. I didn't realize anything that jumped out to you. Like, I wouldn't before. say anything. Nothing struck me that about like whether someone was like nicer or, or, or kind of not as good up close. Just yeah. the um, you're up close and these I mean, hey, the ball is moving so fast. So, like, I don't think you fully realize how fast these guys are tossing the ball at each other. Um, yeah. Until you're that close. Like, it's way faster than watching the games at the Y. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or the high school games. Maybe the college games. I haven't been to a college game, like basketball game before, like up close. But, like, like the, like, cats are tossing this ball around the court so fast. Not just, like the way like it's getting angled but just like the the velocity is is crazy so that to me right. is always a bug out um i don't know like skill wise it just it was just i mean you're just kind of in awe man you're just like you're sitting there pretty much level with these guys uh and at a certain point i in my opinion kind of hits you both of us like didn't fully like for some reason we weren't total i think we were taking in everything and and mm-hmm. we were talking about it afterwards, like it was around halftime, like the start of the second half, when we were like, "Oh shit!" Like they're professional basketball players playing basketball ten feet in front of us, or whatever that was. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. And it was like, "Whoa!" All these all these dudes playing ball are fit, like in the sense they are like in shape. And I feel like it's a weird thing. To, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but like. I feel like, I don't know, I watch people on TV and the sports stars and, like, a lot of them, you know, like, they're big dudes or they're, but, but, like, I don't know, like, people are, like, it's, like, I don't want to say, like, they're a different kind of person. That sounds weird, but, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. Like, it's not just that they're tall. It's, like, it's, like, they're. Like you can tell that they are literally like at peak physical condition of a human being. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a bug out to a certain degree. Yep. yep. Like, yep. like, like, like. I guess that's what it is. It's like the dudes that you're like when you're watching on TV, like fucking Myers Leonard. I mean, mm-hmm. like that dude. I'm like that dude is whack. <laughs> you know? Sure. Like I'm sure. like you look like a, a sixth grader. You're running around. You look like you're lanky and like completely uncoordinated, and you're flopping around on the court. And why are you out there? You're not making the good plays, right? But when you're right. 15 feet away from dude, he's in shape. <laughs> he's not. Sure. He's not just like a goofball, like like caricature. Anyway, I'm talking too much about this, but that, those are the things I noticed. Is like just no. kind of the, it's the intensity of it all is like right there in your face, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Wow. You know, you, what you made me think of is this kind of a, a non sequitur, but then not, but, or like kind of, anyway, I used to work at this health museum yeah. and I, I used to teach like the middle school classes, which were uh, like a childbirth, puberty. I don't know why they were talking to, to middle schoolers about childbirth. I guess if you're talking about puberty, that's the next thing, right? Like this is the whole point of puberty. You're going to knock somebody up at some point or get knocked up. Um. It's probably a sexist phrase anyway. Anyway, in the last class was uh, STIs, uh-huh. sexually transmitted infections. And so you would talk about these diseases, these infections. And, of course, you talk about HIV. 
that would always bring up uh, Magic because it was like right around that time when it was hitting everybody that yo Magic Magic's not dead yet, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of crazy. And I used to tell people these kids like, look, he's really rich and he's probably one of the most fit people in the world when he contracted, like his body and his access to medical care was so far out of Mm -hmm. the realm of normal to you Mm -hmm. that you can't look at him like, Oh, that could be me because it just can't. Mm -hmm. Right. And the money part is kind of easy to get. It's easy to understand. Okay. He's rich. He has access to medical care, but the physical part. Yeah. I don't like, I kind of understood conceptually, but I guess what you saw was what I was kind of getting at conceptually. Right. Yeah. Like he's six foot nine, he he runs like, well, I mean he was the most athletic dude in the world, but he was still six foot nine and one of the fastest people on the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all he did was play basketball all the time, you know, cutting edge training facilities. Yeah. You know, and these cats now have even better training. They're like, yeah, they have weight training. They have, you know, they're doing all kinds of training. They're on these nutritional diets. Like I just, it's like you read about, oh, Steve Nash, he's waking up in the morning and he's, he's eating this kind of thing. And then he's going for this workout or I don't know, like, uh, you know, like Steph Curry or whoever is like, you know, like three workouts a day on these, you know, like practice session here. And you're like, all right, like they're, they're working out. But when you see high level athletes, and I feel like I've ever once I've I've seen high level runners before every once in a while, like, yeah. But like, like, it's, I feel like NBA stars are a little different because they're they're beyond even kind of sports figures. They're like these you know ed- entertainment figures, but like yeah, like peak physical condition. It's just it's just so that was bugged out. The other thing, totally separate from that, that was kind of crazy is when you're sitting that close. It's like you're part of a different like realm of entertainment right like that big whatever it's called the big thing that hangs from the ceiling in the middle of the court with right. that's showing like the computer screens and like the kiss cam and when to cheer and all that shit yeah like in order to like look at that you have to really crane your neck back and then you're missing the game right so like it becomes you realize that's for all the people who aren't wealthy and sitting in these seats. And once, I mean, maybe this is too like basic, like basic, like everyone knows this already, but like, I feel like you kind of experience the fact that you're now part, you're, you're sitting in a section that's not like, it's, it's made for a separate group of people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that piece of the entertainment is for everyone sitting in like seven, eight, the other seven eighths of the stadium or whatever. But you're you're now at eye level. You don't need that contraption. You're right there, yeah, right? You know, and you have, I don't know, like you have other things that are right there. Whether it's the dancers, whether it's the VIP service who are giving you free drinks, whether it's you're you're, you're right there, so you can see all these celebrities and quasi celebrities walking around right in front of you, or sitting two rows in front of you, or whatever. Like it's anyway. It's just it's it's a bug out. It's wow. a bug out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, I, I guess we'll come back to uh, there's, there's I want to come back to this physical condition thing. OK, uh, we'll, we'll get back to that later. But any changes in your, your predictions based on what you've seen over the course of the season and as we head to the playoffs? No, nah, I mean, you know, like 
I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna you know hold tight with the with the Golden State. I'd love to see Golden State take a title. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd be great. You know, I've always loved Golden State teams. So as much as yeah. like I want to see my Blazers win, like I just don't. I I hope Blazers get to the second round, but I I mean I obviously don't see them going any farther than the second round. But I'd love to see you know if if anyone else would have come out of the West, Golden State for sure. That's great. Sure, sure, right on. And, and one thing I want to come back to from predictions from the episode 51 is so I really mm-hmm. want to to just shout out how bad the Lakers season was. It was a wonderful, oh. glorious experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we were and- trying to make little excuses in case they got good in episode 51. Like, all right, we don't want to pile it on too much because you never know because it's the Lakers. But they exceeded any kind of expectations of maybe encroaching on 500. No. Yeah. Yo, I want to give a, a, a slightly poo-smeared shout-out to uh, to Byron Scott for uh, throwing up one of his uh, trash coaching jobs that he, he lavished the Cavs with. Uh-huh. Yeah, like uh, all the pundits who actually get paid to watch the Lakers because no person with self-respect and self-love would devote a moment of attention, one moment of attention to those dudes Um if they weren't getting paid for it. So that's really all I know is what these pundits, these people say, and they all agree that, that Byron Scott has been trash. Like, so not only do they have bad players, but their coach who they had to get a Lakers guy who understood the Lakers way. And apparently the Lakers way is uh, being whack. Yep. Yep. And you actually predicted that. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Byron Scott. Not as a, not as a human being, you know, blessings (laughs) to him and his family, but just like as a professional (laughs) basketball coach, fuck that dude. Blessings to him and his family. <laughs> <laughs> that was shit. But still, I mean, I don't know the dude. Like, I don't wish him no, ill will. I know, I know, I know. Just the way you said that was classic. Um, all right. What are there any other basketball before we get back to the the you know the craziness of the human condition that you wanted to touch on? What what uh. uh <laughs> What other what other basketball topics or their predictions? You want are you changing anything up? Uh, I I don't know how I feel about the Clippers. So the the Clippers and the Bulls, each are two teams that I've, as I've watched the season and I hear these these pundits, they everybody says ah nah 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 not this year no right for each of them, and um, so right now the Cavs are in the second spot in the East. I'm terrified of the Bulls getting the three seed. Because that will mean that we that the Cavs play the Bulls in the second round, and they are so motivated. They hate LeBron. They hate LeBron. They hate him. So I'm terrified, and they, it seems like they're kind of getting healthy. And I don't know. I'm just scared, and I just don't. Again, I don't. I don't have time to really watch all these games and all these teams. I don't understand why people think the Clippers are bad. I've never, you know I mean? I've never understood that, but then I will. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, we'll but see. The, the West, I have no, no clue. I, it's I don't I don't I have no clue. But it does appear very Golden Statey. It does. Although I would it never appears. I would never count out the Spurs. I'm hoping that uh, the Thunder don't even make the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, for their sake. For their sake, and yeah, yeah. Uh, there was something else. I was gonna, oh, I want to shout out um, 
NBA player sighting, uh, Gortat. Wow. Crossing Houston down by my work the other day with a big smile on his face. Gortat rocking that Wizards warm-up long sleeve. <laughs> Gortizzy. <laughs> big, big dude. Big dude with a little, little mohawk style going on. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, so what's up? So I, I wanted to hit this quote. I, I knew you wanted to, to touch on uh, the uh, the inimitable. Oh yeah, speaking of big dudes, Bill Walton. And so he had this quote about Michael Jordan that 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 I think fit into our last conversation, right? So <clears throat> this is what Bill Walton had to say about Michael Jordan. You're, you're familiar with Michael Jordan. Fairly familiar, yeah. Right, right. Most people kind of familiar with his work, generally regarded to be uh, the greatest basketball player ever. Like, he's that dude, right? So this is Bill Walton on one Michael Jordan. What I loved about Michael Jordan was his commitment to the team, his emphasis on physical fitness, footwork, fundamentals, and his ability to figure out how they're going to get the job done. Because Michael, and this, this is the key here, because Michael, face it, the guy was basically average in terms of size, strength, speed, jumping ability, all things that you seem to think make a great player. That guy was just a tremendous visionary like Thomas Edison. He turned the lights on. This is, so this is, this is perfect setup for the, the Bill Walton qu- quotes, some of them I was going to read to you. Right on. Not to, not to, I'm not taking away from what... Walton just said, because it was absolutely insane what he just said. He turned the lights on. (laughs) That guy was just a tremendous visionary like Thomas Edison. But but in this led to a debate. And I kind of I think he's kind of right with this, because Michael, face it, the guy was basically average in terms of size, strength, speed, jumping ability. All the things that you seem to think make a great player. So he's talking to some guy who I guess he co-hosts with. Or co-hosts. What he calls games with. Oregon games, it looks like. And other people like, nah, he was an insane athlete. He was a great athlete. But how many people did people say were going to be baby Jordans, the next Jordan, yeah. based on size, strength, speed, jumping ability? Right? Mm-hmm. Bill Walton is saying, no, no. He was Thomas Edison. Thomas fucking Edison. He turned the lights on. He turned the lights on. So there was this great... I'm, I don't really fuck with Reddit, but there was this great Reddit chat that Bill Walton did. Have you seen this? No, uh-uh. In which one of the questions... This isn't the first one I was going to read, but let's go here. Someone says, Earlier this year, you called Michael Jordan average. Uh, I'm curious as to who, in your opinion, the the top three players are of all time. And his answer, these are typed answers, but it's hard not to read them in the Bill Walton voice. But basically, his answer was, or is, I'm going to read this. I did not call Bill, Michael Jordan average. I said Michael Jordan is average size, strength, speed, and jumping ability. The top seven players of the history of basketball in chronological order. 
<laughs> I love that it. chronologically has this order. R. Bill Russell, Wilt, Oscar, Kareem, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan. I have no problem with you disagreeing with what I say, but please make sure it's what I say, not what you think I said. When everyone thinks alike, nobody thinks. <laughs> it's okay to disagree. Just don't be disagreeable. I'm all about peace and love. I'm about freedom and independence. I'm about freedom of choice. I stand behind what I say. I believe what I sp- say, and I speak from the heart. <laughs> so just in case there's any question. He's not backing off. No. But, but the dude was crazy, Jordan. That's why he was great, because he was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we were, I took my kid to, to her first t-ball class today, and there was this, this little boy who was there, who was the same age, probably around three, and he raced his dad at the end of t-ball, and he lost, and he, this little boy just, just basically crumbled into a sobbing fit, because his dad, who looked like he could be a professional athlete, beat him in a race. And when I saw that kid have a meltdown because his dad beat him, I thought that kid could be a professional athlete one day. If he hates losing that much, right? That's like what makes you become a Michael Jordan. If you hate losing to such a maniacal level. Yeah, but I think that that myth is also overblown, personally. You think so? I think, I guess, I mean, I haven't done a tremendous amount of thinking on this, but I think that that myth feeds into the Kobe thing, right? Because I feel like Kobe's based his kind of next level, like, like you know, like how what he does is what he does is based around this kind of like, like I hate. What, what did he say in the interview? I have no friends. I have no right. real friends. You know, right. because I'm just out here competing and just I'm just ready to fuck everybody up. You know, I have, I don't have time for those silly Hollywood friends. You know. Right. And which I think is like from this, like, like I'm like Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face because he doesn't give a fuck, you know? And I think, I I guess my feeling is, and this kind of goes to what you just said about like, like all the, the new baby Jordans who came on the block or whatever, based on like, you know, their athletic ability or, you know, what perceived athletic ability or whatever. I don't know, like, maybe Michael Jordan. I mean, obviously he had the drive. Obviously he had a crazy, insane, competitive drive and didn't give a fuck, and that was a huge part of it. But I I don't know, maybe he was just a really fucking smart basketball player. Oh, were you? Sure. And I I feel Uh, like that piece is never talked about in the way... Maybe it is, and I'm just not reading enough, but I feel like in the mainstream pundit world... And the myth, the mythological world, and the, mm. like when you talk when they when they compare people to Jordan, mm-hmm. it's always either about who's the biggest asshole, competitively, or who's who's the most most athletic, you know, jumps the highest from the free throw line or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, like I just think about all the all the things Jordan did during that career, and like all the ways he consistently made his game better. You know what I mean? Sure. The, sure. The, the defensive player of the year awards, the, you know, the dunking to the shooting, like, like the three-point shooting. I don't know. Like, 
the, the way he caught people off the fakes. Like, I just feel like, and he wasn't, I don't know, like, I just feel like he was, like, a fucking genius basketball player. I don't know. So that's that's a really random no. rant, but, like, that's no. kind of. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, because. It... No, you're and that's and that's also I, why I feel like like LeBron is the closest thing we've seen to greatness since Jordan because LeBron is fucking genius at basketball. Like when I see sure. him running up and down the court, the way I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched as much as you have. I haven't watched as much as most people, you know. But like whenever I I feel like I watch LeBron like a full game, he's making these little decisions like that I don't see a lot of other basketball players making defensively or, you know, like at least when he's at the high, the pinnacles of, of the season when he's playing really well. I know that there's parts of the season where he always is kind of questionable about what's going on, but like, right. I, I don't know. There's like just the way he, he, he maneuvers around the court, both on offense and defense. Like, I, I don't know. Like I'm just always amazed by like his quick decision-making and how he knows how to read shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, I, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, but I, I do think there are certain players where the narrative kind of sticks and then it shrouds out other aspects of their game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, I think, I think you're calling Jordan, like that's probably the best example. Cause the one that's really agitating me these days is when people talk about Tim Duncan, they always say, oh, he's so fundamentally sound, right? Like that's the, that's the narrative mm-hmm. for Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. He's fundamentally sound. But what I've noticed in these last few years is he's, like, competitive to the point of being an asshole about oh, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you'll hear people talk a little bit about the whining after calls. But but there are there, there have been moments in these last couple of seasons in particular, I think because he knows it's coming to the end, where when he does things, like, he'll, like, sometimes he'll walk off the court like, yeah, that just happened, right? He gets this little like swagger when he walks, like "fuck all y'all," right? Or uh, 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 last year after he hit the shot that kind of put the nail in the in the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Western Conference Final, he started popping his jersey, like he's pulling his jersey mm-hmm. out, like what? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that it totally gets lost, but nobody talks about. It. Yeah, man, Tim Duncan is insanely competitive. All right, I'm going with one. It's a final quote for you for yeah. uh, from Walton. Yep. Among the various questions asked, including, have you ever flown into a volcano? Someone asked, do you think you could beat Abraham Lincoln in a knife fight? (laughs) I'm all about peace and love. We were just with Ringo the other night, and he reinforced my longstanding commitment and dedication to those ideals. I like to win, and I play to win. Coach Wooden's two favorite people on earth were Abraham Lincoln and Mother Teresa. I used to love the tales that Coach Wooden would tell of he and young Abe growing up together in the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Why is he clowning Coach Wooden like that? (laughs) John Wooden, I'm sorry. I, I didn't play for the dude. I can't call him Coach. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Later he refers to himself as a human solar panel. <laughs> open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit and soul and let the sun shine in. 
Wow. Okay. There are any hipsters out here that uh, that need to get crushed? You know what? There is something I wanted to bring up to you related to hipsters. I saw just the title of an article because this isn't the type of thing I devote my time reading about. Um, but apparently some people think that we're nearing the end of the hipster beard. The hipster beard is nearing its end. What's the transition? I don't know. But the, I, this, is what, this is my question, though. Sans the hipster the beard. It's like saying sans. But without the hipster beard, how will you, or do you feel like these hipsters will still be obvious to you? Will yeah, they still man. jump? They, well, they, the beard doesn't elim- the beard, A, the beard doesn't eliminate the mustache, one of which I saw just this morning walking oh. in the subway. Yeah. And I said, especially like on some of these younger cats, like what do you we've had this conversation. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. But I mean, there are various ladies out here checking for the mustache, I guess. Because he walked out the house with a lady holding hands. So I don't I don't understand what you're doing out here looking like some kind of amateur porn star. I just don't I don't get it from the seventies. Um wow. But what was the other thing I was going to say? My anger at mustaches just got in the way of my whole train of thought. Hipster beards. I feel like, I mean, I they'll, don't know. They'll still be obvious. Like, they'll still they, be obvious. It's, it's just the way they walk around. They got that, uh, like, have you ever heard this term, resting bitch face? Yes. They just. I think hipsters just have resting douche face. Is that fair? <laughs> like, so it just... At a casual glance at them, just in moments of silent contemplation to themselves, yeah. when through their beady heads, the word, I'm a douche, bounces yeah. back and forth, resonating in their cavernous skull. I think you really, you really hit it. You really, yeah. So you, can open- see, you can see that, that look on their face. It's just, it's, they're like... Am I am I am I standing in the right posture right now? Like like I feel like they're just contemplating douchey hipster bullshit. Like, yeah. Like yeah. 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 The the minutia of their lives, and they cover it with this like this this fucking like veneer of hubris, right? But it's razor thin. Like it's yeah. thin, but it's just hubris. Just. I'm the shit, but underneath is all the little fears and insecurities that feed one's <laughs> porn star mustache. That's right. And feeds an attraction to others who might wear such a mustache. But, you know, as always, we wish them well. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have to say about Byron Scott's family? <laughs> Blessings to his family. <laughs> Wish him well. <laughs> I don't know if I have such platforms for hipsters. <laughs> no, I, gotta say, I gotta say, man, and I know I know I'm I contributed to it, there's no doubt. But I walked out on Myrtle Avenue today and it was all white people. <laughs> <laughs> you started it in. I, I absolutely I am I am the original gentrifier. The OG, and no, but but to be fair, to be fair, all the people that came around with you—well, not all, but a, a a healthy chunk were black. 
So it's not like you rolled out and then you just rolled out with a bunch of other white people. And that's all that came to check you out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you drew quite a mix, a very representative mix of humanity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like true gentrifiers they come out, and the only thing that radiates from the from their center are are other people of white privilege. Yes, and uh, so that you did not do. It's a bizarre thing. It's a bizarre thing. I, I'm not. I just. I don't want to deny my my mixture into this whole pot of gentrification. But having, yeah. having lived in the neighborhood now, fifteen years or fourteen years, crazy. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but so, but when you moved out, just quick question: When you moved out there, though, like, did you pick that because that was like a place you could afford? Because Center was out here, and his roommate left because he didn't like that long-ass walk to the train. And I was like, there's an inn. I can afford that room, that basement. Yep. So let me roll up and, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, that That is not a neighborhood people choose now because they can afford it. <laughs> I don't think. No. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not in the metrics of moving here now. <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else before this lyrical renaissance, but I know you got to run in a second, so. Yeah, um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, these typical responsibilities and things that, that uh, they're a joy is what they are. They really are, man. They really are. If if what you're, what you're bemoaning is the fact you got to go walk your dog and uh, put your kid's laundry in the dryer, you don't have shit to complain about. So who are we going with here? Are we going. What what are we doing? Well, I'm I'm curious about where you landed. I I I went back to a classic from the one and only Fat Joe. Oh, right on. All right, this sounds great. Go here. Go here. Yeah, I like I'm, this. I'm still curious about where you landed, but uh, we can we can start with verse one here. Sure. I'm talking about the original Joe, not the Miami Joe. Not the Joe who lost 85 pounds. Right. Original young Joe in the Bronx. Got to flow, Joe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's the, there's the chorus. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the song. Yeah, we're going with that song right now. Right on. Yeah. Because we're just talking about classic early 90s New York style. Yes. Okay, here we go. Verse 1. Bust it. Check it. Watch how I wreck it. Ends watch your back. Shit is getting hectic. I catch vibes like Count Basie. Suckers won't face me. I got so much flavor you can taste me. <laughs> right. Like that's that's just not a. I just you, these, these lyrics are just so like. They're, yeah. They're just so that like. You, you can see the video. I'm underground like a gutter. You can't, you, you never catch me. Stutter. Everyone knows I'm butter. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm so, maybe I shouldn't have gone here. No, There's a couple classic lines. I'm not the man with sensitivity. The name is Fat Joe. The label is relativity. <laughs> this, uh, oh, go, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. What, 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 what are you going to say? 
that's back there. The, isn't that around when Ralph Tresvant had that song? You need a man with with uh, sensitivity, a man uh, like yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. I think he's calling out certain cats. <laughs> that's a that's, that's low hanging fruit. Certain, certain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna punk, I'm calling out the lead singer of New Edition. What? <laughs> calling you out, homie. All right, I'm sorry. I chop a rapper like a meat cleaver. <laughs> I'm burning hot. People think I have a fever. Check it. If ends want a front, then come with it. If you're having second thoughts, well then, forget it. <laughs> so the the. the the symbols here are so random. I dig in my crates. I don't perpetrate. I got shit. Sh- I got shit sewn, like Billy Bathgate. Wow. Beware, like Coco. I'm not a slowpoke. Got so much dough. I vacate in Alcapoco. <laughs> wow. Crazy as they come, I'm not the one. We can do this with the hands or take it to the guns. You know I can flow. The name is Fat Joe. I can flow. I can flow. I can flow. I can flow. Is Acapulco still a place people want to go? I don't know. When was the last time someone said I was lounging in Acapulco? I feel like Acapulco uh, fell off. Yeah, I think it did. I think it's been since the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck happened, act man? They need to get their shit straight. Wow, I can flow, I can flow, I can flow. There was another line. There's some great lines. We can go verse two here real fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody knows Fat Joe's in town. Enough respect for the boogie down. I'm living in the Bronx on an Ave called Trinity. My name rings bells within the vicinity. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody knows Fat Joe's in town. Like, word is spreading around. <laughs> like cats in the barbershop. Hey, did you know it Joe sounds, was... No, but... It, did you know Joe's in town? But it also, it sounds kind of like some kind of Christmas... Uh, like... <laughs> every, everybody knows Fat Joe's in town. Peace to, s- the, peace to the money makers always plotting mono. Mono? Together we get in dough just like Lucky Luciano. People always tell me, yo, you're dope, Joe. But I'm not a car, so I don't get gas like a moco. I'm a co- <laughs> Never ate the paint, so I'm not a sucker. Never like ball, so to hell with the rucker. <laughs> Which is a classic line since um he later had his own uh team that would play at the Rucker I tournament. I thought so. I thought so. And in a recent interview on Rosenberg with Lord Finesse. Oh, I just started listening to that. Oh, that's a, it's a good one. Uh Rosenberg asks asks Finesse about that line. Really? Rosenberg does come with the random questions sometimes, which are pretty classic. That, that's a good one with finesse. He reveals he reveals some really random fucking little tidbits, nerdy tidbits. Um, 
Always on my own, never sweating nobody. Warm up a crowd like a bottle of Bacardi. I can kick it this way. I can kick it that away. I can kick it funky style from New York to Piscataway. <laughs> Sucker's best scram. Now in 93, it's all about the fat man. Gizmo, Little Heck, and Cool Mike Ski, my crew from Uptown. And if you mess around, you'll catch a beatdown. See, I got this in a smash. If a rapper steps up, he'll get smoked like a blunt full of hash. My style of rap is legendary. Fuck with the man, you'll end up in a cemetery. And that's word to Ma Duke. I never fake moves, I just go out like a troop. So act like you know. The name is Fat Joe. I can flow. I can flow. I can flow. <laughs> Why did they agree that that's how that was going to end? <laughs> Every single time. Flow. Oh. Wait, wait. So, so wait. He he had he had this crew, Gizmo, and what was the last dude? Little Hex- Hexy. <laughs> last dude was Cool Mike Ski. Cool Mike Ski. Yeah. Little Heck was in the middle. Little Heck. Could he get served up by Little Heck? Little Heck. Wow, Fat Joe. He could flow. He could flow. <laughs> he could flow. That <laughs> <laughs> was stupid. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. That was dumb. Oh, was my sorry. God. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. But he lost weight, so and then that kind of was the end of that. He did. Looks almost completely different now. Good for him, though. Yeah, right? well, absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, good health, no career, but good health. Yeah. Yeah. Joe. All right, you got to go watch that. Um, some dragons and, like, sex scenes, I think. Yeah, this is true. You know, bonding with the, uh, bonding with the partner. You know, you form these commitments in life, and uh, I mean, I make it seem like I'm taking it, taking it for the team, man. It's a fun show. There's dragons. There's dragons. There's large wolves. <laughs> you know, lots of dirty people <laughs> fighting in mud and stabbing each other. Ogres? I don't think there are ogres. No, I don't. I have to check with the wife. Word. But they're they're large, like they're giants. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did I mention the wolves? The dire yeah. wolves. Yeah. Wolves. Big ones. Big wolves. <laughs> um, and they're like demon creatures that live in the snow in the winter. Oh, word. Yep. And um, there's a uh, yeah, yeah. And the worst monster of all is this cat who. Uh, who has daughters just so he can keep having daughters. Oh wow. Yeah, that that dude, he was the most wicked. Not I didn't say past tense. They don't take that as a spoiler alert. I can't walk that back, can I? Anyway, <laughs> it's a uh, it's an entertaining show. No doubt. And then after that, you know, I I watch uh I watch these 1960s sexists that sell things. Shout out Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah. I'm behind on all these shows, so. It's because you have a life. You do things. 
you contribute to society. I just uh, I just sit on the couch. Shout out to the couch. Get, get out of here. Get out of here with that. <laughs> All right, that's it. Episode fifty-three. Yeah. Um, do you want to try to any last thoughts about uh, the NBA, or did we 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 tied that up? Any last thoughts? We'll be back after these playoffs. I'm excited about these playoffs. It should be fun. You know? They should be fun. Be a lot of like a few stressful nights. Yep. Here and there as our teams face these situations. But uh should be fun. NBA is good, man. It is. It's in a good place. And then we're gonna figure out what to talk about in the summertime. Mm-hmm. I heard baseball started. And I'm so far out on baseball. <laughs> I heard there were, I heard there were seven shutouts on the first day of baseball, just to I, make it even more boring. I can't, man. I can't. <laughs> I can't. The Cleveland Indians thing is so racist. It's oh, so, so racist. It's so racist. <laughs> it's so racist, man. And the people, man, they're just like, it's not racist. Oh. I, I watched this little video of people outside Cleveland Indian Stadium, and they're just so wicked, and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so wicked, man. Ugh. You're not Indian. What do you care? Oh, God. It's our team. It's our team. I'm an Indians fan. He's the mascot. And that's just the way it is. Ugh. And the dude asked him, if they changed the mascot, would you still root for him? Of course I would. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> word. word. So yeah, I tuned out on that, man. I can't I can't really engage. And then the Redskins, same thing. Oh yeah. It's just so racist, man. What's up, man? Why are racists and bigots just rolling these days, man? They're just out here kicking it in the sunshine, shooting people, just wilding out, man. Racists and bigots, man. At least there were a few years where they like they tried to hide. Now man, they're not even trying to hide anymore. No. It's out in the sun, like fuck everybody. Yeah, but just to try to flip something positive on it, I think one of the reasons they're out here so hard is because they're getting called out a bit. That's true. That's there's, true. There's a lot of cats out here calling, videotaping things, calling things out, yep. stirring things up, and that's when these races try to come out, get yep. real hype, call that's out their bullshit anyway. This is true. Ayo, real quick, this, this is a real, this is not a very fresh in your father kind of thing, I don't think. Maybe it is. I don't know. And I don't care. So if people are all the way to the end, like, you know, yet another uh, killing of a police officer. I feel like there's more than one all the time. And it just feels like it happened, like police officers killing people. Is there, like, off the top of your head, one place people could go for, like, good information? I feel like on Facebook, a lot of people share stuff and they talk about how heartbroken they are. But, like, I don't know if people have any idea, like, how they could, like, do something. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, so if someone came to you and said, Ian Head. I'm concerned about these things happening. Where can I go for information? Where do, would you direct them? I mean, were you saying just information about, like, police killings and stuff? Just, just, or... Yeah, just to be aware of, like, how they could start contributing. Like, if people, like, are, are, are saying to themselves, you know, there's probably a different way that police can interact in our communities. You know what I mean? And they want to start thinking about different ways or even getting a better sense of how, like, what do we really know about how police are impacting communities? I mean, I, I think, 
I don't know. My my my, and this is probably a little too. Um, I don't know if this is too radical of a thing to say, but I, I think that like the idea should continue to be pushed that, and it's a very, I understand there's a lot of risks involved, but I think that the idea that if you see police officers stopping someone, which they do in all of these different cities and towns across the country, that if you are able to pull out, safely pull out a phone and videotape this instance, Mm. it is a good thing to do. If you're all by yourself, a much riskier and scarier thing to do. But if you are rolling with your people and you're, you have a safe distance, I just feel like, or even if you don't have a fucking cell phone, if you're rolling with your people and you're just, you know, across the street and see something rather than just keep it moving, watch what's going, have a presence and get more people to sit there and watch what's happening. I just feel like that's, that sounds like, and it's easy for me to say, but, um, I don't know, like, like, cause otherwise I like, as far as resources and websites, there's all kinds of stuff out there and there's, you know, like right. there's good news sites, there's the nation, there's color lines, there's Al Jazeera has some good and some bad. There's, you know, democracy now and shit to figure out, to find out the latest is what's happening. But as far as like active stuff, um, I guess, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know, I know the people doing stuff in New York city. I don't know the organizations doing stuff in other places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I guess, you know, you and, and people that you know and that are close to, like you all have been out here working to, to, you know, document and to get a better understanding of, of what really police officers are meaning in communities and also like actively doing things to, to both, you know, radically oppose some things, but then also to, to get people to think differently, just fucking think differently about it. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about it, but I, I, I hope a lot of people who feel passionately and feel deeply about these things will, get the action yeah so. yeah, yeah. I, I guess i guess it, it's like it's like kind of getting in touch with the news and what's happening like in government there's, there's all these different levels right there's the cop watch shit that i just talked about but then like in new york city there's this city council bill bill to add a thousand more police officers and a lot yeah. of the grassroots orgs and other folks are like we don't need a thousand more police officers Here's a list of what we do need. Here's some social services we could use. Here's some education and housing resources we could use. Here's some other people, social work type people you could hire. We don't need a thousand more police officers. We are, the police officer to person ratio in New York City is like one of the highest in the country. And, mm-hmm. and like uh, there's, no, there's so many different reasons why New York City doesn't need more police officers. So if you were in the district of council member X in New York City – you could call that council member up and say, hey, I don't think we should, uh, you know, add more police officers. I think we should add more social services. I think we should add, add more housing attorneys. I think we should add, you know, like those kinds of things. Right. Right. Um, and right. I just wish I had a better idea. And I think I talked to an organizer in Seattle the other day. I think it's I think there is a lack of of like knowledge base between different people in different states and cities in the, in the, in the U S about this stuff. But I think it's a growing knowledge base and I think hopefully yeah. there will be more links being made. I'm sorry if I'm rambling. No, 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 no. I know there's no. these giant wolves out there that like need to be watched. 
No, this is more important. I, I, I think uh, if people are listening with us this long, because, you know, I mean, we're all busy, right? Like we got our own lives, which certainly people prey on that fact and uh, expect us to not want to do anything because we got our own little world to protect, you know, and our own little individual lives that we want to try to move forward. And that's not selfish or wrong necessarily, but, you know, it's real easy to be on Facebook and post something and say and not and i don't mean to be dismissive of it because it is heartbreaking and it is fucked up and it does move people but even if it's something like because you know there's certainly more radical positions to take but even if all you do is call up your council person and say i understand that there's discussions about more police officers but i would rather money be spent on x yeah it seems like that's pretty huge or if you're you know, like instead of being concerned about someone's stance on something like gay marriage and not to be dismissive of it, but like that's just bigot shit and it's just distraction shit. Right. Like, mm-hmm. don't let bigots tell you that it's more important, you know, yeah. to oppose gay marriage than it is to think critically about where money is going and how we what's our basic philosophy around, you know, poor communities like are we going to starve them of resources and then profit from how we've criminalized them or are we going to you know invest in human beings and you know hopefully arrive at a more peaceful yeah community because people aren't struggling and lashing out and you know what i mean like all of these kind of things and so if because that's it seems like a real fucking doable thing like we could all pay attention to how how our, our regional police officers are being staffed and stuff. And then also it's important, I think, for people to realize there's probably a movement taking place really close to you. And if you're really moved by these things and it's really hurting and you look at it and feel like it's something that should change, then, you know, do a little bit you can. Yeah. I'm sure these I'm sure these organizations could use a couple of dollars, you know. Yep. And if you, like, you don't have time, maybe you could donate some money. Um, yeah. I guess just kind of find a way to get involved. So now the rambling just gave people a a range of shit to kind of get in on. Yeah, exactly. Things, man. Things out here. I do think sharing important topics on Facebook is a good thing. It spreads the the word. I don't think commenting or arguing with people on Facebook is a good thing. I think that just usually goes nowhere. But that's my personal perspective. But I, sure. I don't think I, I think that the social media sharing aspect, people like people like to make fun of it. But I actually think that that's how whether it's Twitter or whatever the hell it is, that's that's how uh, it's how we get a lot of good news that's not going to get reported. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So it's it's how we see these things too. It's heartbreaking, yeah. man. It's hard for me to watch the stuff these days. No. I can't really. I mean, I can't watch a lot of it. But it's it's good no. that like it's good to be aware of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. And it's cool to know there's ways to scale it up. Yep. Yep. All right. That's it. My bad. I dragged it out further, but I didn't. Yeah. Chop it up on these things. We got to, you know, it's important. It is important. All right. That's it. 53 in the books. Yep. Um, Fresh father. Shout out Raphael for those records. Yo, good looking out. Why were they so clean? Why were they in such good so, shape? So clean, man. So clean. 